Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Welcome, Awesomers. Uh, this is the very first podcast for the Awesomers.com brand new podcast. And uh, you're going to be able to find all the show notes and episode details at Awesomers.com slash one. That's Awesomers.com backslash one for all the particulars on this very first Awesomers podcast. Today, we're going to talk about my own definition of what exactly an Awesomer is. Uh, shortly, but first I want to tell you about my vision for this podcast. Uh, again, my name is Steve Simpson. I'm thrilled you're joining me for this, what I hope to be an exciting adventure. And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a little nervous um, if this podcast will be well-received or not. Uh, I don't know if anybody will listen, but I'm going to record it just the same. Uh, I'm going to focus on my entrepreneurial lessons in part because this is my field of experience and not just um, experience in a, in a theoretical sense, but, you know, tangible real life experience. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story here in a minute, uh, of almost 30 years in business. This is, uh, my 30th year in business just starting now. So, uh, most of what I focus on will be things that entrepreneurs go through, especially related to the e-commerce world, because that's the world I know best, but awesomers, uh, exist in every part of life. Um, for those that are building a business, uh, my primary mission is to deliver content that will help you drive equity into your business. Equity over the long run is the most important uh, strategic indicator that your strategy is working. And by building equity, that's something that is an asset over the long haul. So let me tell you about an awesomer that's not necessarily an entrepreneur. It's one of my favorite stories that, that I think is indicative of what the awesomer spirit is all about. So um, I think it was in 1961, John uh, F. Kennedy uh, was visiting the NASA headquarters for the very first time. And uh, this is after announcing, you know, put a uh, man on the moon initiative and, and getting out there and, and really, you know, throwing down the gauntlet. And so he's down there at NASA and he just, he, he's touring the facility and sees a, a janitor who's really just uh, mopping the heck out of a floor. And he goes over and he introduces himself and he, he says, you know, I see you're, you know, you're really, uh, you know, putting a lot of effort in here. Uh, you know, what exactly are you doing? And the janitor says very clearly to uh, the president, I'm helping put a man on the moon, right? The, the janitor got it in every possible way. He understood the vision. Uh, he knew that he had purpose himself in, in what he was doing and, and he was willing to play his part in it. So, you know, the, the, you know, while I was re refreshing my memory on the JFK story, uh, 
I, I wondered if you've ever heard of this other story, which is about uh, the Christopher Wren, who was a great English architect. And this is a pretty famous story. So even if you don't know his name, you might have heard this. Uh, but he, he went up uh, one day to the, the guys in London who were building the St. Paul's Cathedral in London, uh, obviously. And he says, uh, hey, what are you guys doing uh, to one workman? And the one workman says, hey, I'm cutting a piece of stone. Um, and he went on to ask the same question of another man who says, you know, uh, I'm earning five shillings and two pence a day. And, you know, that's that's the question of what are you doing? That one guy's there to cut a piece of stone. The other guy's there to earn a, a, a pence or two, even a shilling. And then the third man asked the same question, you know, hey, what are you doing? And the third guy says, I'm helping Sir Christopher Wren build a beautiful cathedral. And the, the point is that that awesomer had the vision. He understood what he was doing. He understood beyond the physical part of cutting the stone, uh, beyond the, the tangible part of earning a, a living wage, you know, to put food on the table. And I think that's the important definition of, of how an awesomer transcends from the world of normie into awesomers. Now, you will hear that I talk often about entrepreneurs. Again, that's the world I come from. But awesomers are not uh, just found in the world of entrepreneurs. They're found in every possible concept. I just gave you an example of a janitor and a stone cutter. And every other trade will have awesomers within it. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about you know, how, how people are able to kind of elevate themselves beyond the normal and break the, the, the standard paradigms that hold so many normies back. You're also going to hear me talk about my personal why, um, but more importantly, your personal why and how you should get it and why these um, indicators of, uh, you know, once you understand your why, will be able to help you map your chart, you know, or, or map your way to your ultimate destination, whatever those objectives are, but it's most often, you know, oriented towards living a fulfilling life. And that is defined however you want it to be defined. So our mission is to, to share different episodes and episode types with our fellow awesomers around the world so they can become empowered to take control of their own lives in whatever way makes the most sense for each of you. Now, maybe that means you'll grow a business you already have. Maybe that means you'll start a business. Uh, maybe it means you'll be a digital nomad and, and just do gig work while you travel the world. Uh, maybe it means you'll find some other path towards fulfillment that will lead to your own happiness. The possibilities literally are endless, and the only thing limiting you is your own imagination. So here's the, here's the big news. We're going to deliver an episode every single day. That's seven days a week. And uh, man, I, I must be insane. Honestly, it's a huge undertaking. And I'm committing personally to bringing you an episode every day for at least the next 180 days. That's six months. So, you know, whether or not anybody listens, that's my commitment. And that means we're going to set a milestone, as, as I would recommend to anybody. When you, when you decide to enter a project, you need some milestones to decide if you're going to um, be successful or not. You, you define that for yourself. And in my case, I've said that by the end of that six months, we need to have at least 6,000 subscribers uh, by the end of that 180 days. And that, that will you know, give me a sense that what we're doing is worthwhile. So it seems like a lot of subscribers when you start out with zero, but any goal is achievable if we work together. And that means, uh, you know, for those awesomers out there listening, if you enjoy what you hear, go ahead and share this. Don't forget to maybe leave a review 
or help in any way that you can. Really, ultimately, telling somebody else uh, that you enjoyed this and sharing it with them is probably the ultimate in a pay-it-forward attitude. So we'll talk probably uh, each month about our goal and whether we've hit or missed our, our milestones. And between myself and my resources, all the team that are helping put together these episodes and producing from the pre-production side, the post-production side, and the actual production side, we're de- delivering this at every single day at no cost to you. Uh, in exchange, we hope that we can just count on your support uh, for sharing, leaving a review, and, and even supporting the sponsors of the show, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more. I do want to say, uh, in terms of full disclosure, I am not a broadcast expert. Uh, I'm not a professional orator, and certainly I'm no sound engineer. So my number one qualification is I've listened to other podcasts. So uh, that you know that makes me qualified. It makes you qualified just just as well. I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes, but I know that these are just problems that will be solved. And uh, my team and all the capable people around me, I know that they'll help bring their expertise uh, to the uh, you know, podcast and help us get this, get this job done. Now I have some experience related to business and problem solving and things like that, which I'll share, but regardless of how we start, I want to assure you that it will get better as we go. The team I brought to, uh, together will help us deliver, you know, quality, actionable and inspiring content for you every single day. There's going to be multiple nuggets every day for you. And I can imagine a year from now, everything will be better. In fact, I can guarantee it. That's how everything works. It's, it's iterative and experience builds on experience, making people and myself included more professional. So to start out with, our episode formats are going to be something that we hope is unique and deliver lots of value to you. Uh, here's a couple of the different formats just in a, a summarized version. We're going to do Osmer origin stories, Osmer authority stories, Osmer talkback st- sessions, and the Osmer book of the week club and even awesomer insights. Now, each episode will have its own deliverable, and these may evolve over time based on your feedback. So don't hesitate to go to awesomers.com slash contact and let us know how we can improve the show from your own personal perspective. So let's get on with it. So I want to share a little bit about what my uh, philosophy is largely driven by. Uh, and before I dive into each of the Awesomer Show concepts individually and my own background, I want to share the core reason why I'm spending an extraordinary amount of time, and I have to say money and other resources to bring this podcast to you at no cost. So I, I really do believe in the Zig Ziglar mantra that you can uh, imagine goes a little something like this. You can have everything you want in your life if you will just help enough other people get what they want uh, and, and it applies in their life. So Again, I'm paraphrasing probably, but you can have everything you want in your life if you help enough other people get what they want. And it really is an inspiring mantra for me and something that I truly believe in and something that I think the great Zig Ziglar lived by. I did have the pleasure of meeting Zig Ziglar back in the 1990s, and I even attended a special breakfast where he spoke to a a small group of uh, uh, people before going out to talk to the big, giant, filled-up stadium. Uh, in downtown Seattle, Um, maybe 15,000 people in there. And Zig was old school, but his philosophy about helping others is true today as it was at any time in history. And there are countless examples of how helping others without any expectation of getting anything in return can help improve those lives uh, of those people you're helping. But ironically and perhaps counterintuitively, it helps your life too. And I, I can't do the 
the, the physics or the math on exactly why it is. I just know that it is. So I really hope the Osmer community will, will take this position of pay it forward and do whatever you can to kind of help those around you. And I will do whatever I can to lead by example. So let's talk briefly about what is an Osmer origin story. So an origin story is a chance to hear the backstory about the journey uh, from a, a particular Osmer and the road they took to become Osmer. Uh, you know, based on uh, their their milestone today. Now, these stories are incredibly varied, and the takeaway for you should be that Osmers come in all shapes and sizes and backgrounds, creeds, colors, education levels, and every other variation you can you can uh, come up with. So the point is, there's no single you know route to becoming an Osmer. There's nobody who's uh, exclusively in that group, and there's nobody who's excluded from that group. It really is uh, an amazing opportunity that everyone can, can be an Osmer. So on your Osmer road, you will face adversity. And you know what? That's just life. Uh, as I like to say, suck it up, cupcake, uh, and get on with it. The, the question you have to uh, deal with is how you deal with the adversity, right? So it, it's never the, a question of, oh, I hope it, well, there's no trouble along the way. There's always trouble along the way. It's just a question of what are you going to do with that trouble? So you, I, I do want to say this as plain as I possibly can, that wherever you are in your life today, it's because of all of your decisions up until this point. Right? So let that just sink in for a minute. Wherever you are in life today, no matter how great you think it is or how crappy you think it is, it's the culmination of all the prior decisions that you've made in your life up until this very moment. And so the questions uh, before you are really what decisions you will make in the future from today forward, from now forward, and where will that take you? Ideally, it'll take you where you want to go. So one of the things I love about uh, origin stories is that they give a surprising look at parts of the journey that you're not going to find on Facebook, right? You're not going to find any of the awesome or defining moments, uh, the, the sandwich that they were eating on Instagram. Uh, it, it, this is not a Facebook type of scenario. Life's far too complex to be captured in a, a simple Instagram photo that summarizes you know, everything that's happened up until now. And the social media culture rewards you know, sharing only the positive parts of our lives. But you know, we, we all know, sure, you went on vacation somewhere really cool, and that's a beautiful shot, and it looks fun, awesome, kudos to you, enjoy. And yeah, the dream house looks great, and that cool car looks awesome on MySpace. Is MySpace still a thing, everybody? I don't know. Uh, you know, even that Cuban sandwich you had that you tweeted about at lunch yesterday to all your loyal followers, cool, whatever. But that, that's really just balderdash when you think about it compared to real life. And yes, I know there's drama junkies who publish nothing but their most recent oppression and they, you know, they need you to tweet over the prayers or you know, whatever it is to, to help them get through their latest injustice. But I want to say that the, the point is social media is really not where you're going to find the real, um, the real full telling of the story of life. But I believe Awesome Origin Stories will give you a deep enough look into some of these stories to help you see... All of the context that went into it, not all, obviously, we generally only cover those episodes in, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. So we, you can't cover a lifetime in that uh, 
time, but the highlights and the, 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 the connections they've made along their way in their journey, I think will be instructive to you. I think they'll be inspiring to you as they have been to me. And I really uh, look forward to you guys taking some awesomer origin stories for a ride with us. Now, my point is to really make a human connection, it requires a conversation, not just posting and tweeting, you know, uh, whatever the uh, soup du jour is. Awesomer origins really can be inspiring and compelling and revealing. And I can't wait to share some of these uh, with you. Now, let's talk about another episode type, which is Awesomer Authority episodes. Now, Awesomer Authority episodes will feature subject matter, matter experts that we believe and we know are helpful to awesomers who are building businesses or who wish to build a business. Maybe you haven't you know, yet pulled the trigger on building a business, but you're thinking about it. And many of these resources are, are to help uh, awesomers around the world get into business or accelerate their business growth. Now, we'll learn about each authority. We'll dive in a little bit about their background. We'll dive into their area of expertise so you can learn from an authority that has a particular set of skills. They will use those skills to help you, and they will share uh, why those skills should enlighten you and, and perhaps even uh, give you an advantage over your competition. Now, it's up to you to decide if you're going to embrace those skills or not. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of timing. Your ability to learn from these experts will always allow you to be prepared as your journey continues, whether or not you can use the information on the day you hear it. Sometimes it's all about just putting the components and putting the pieces of the puzzle into your brain, and then later, over the course of time, you can put those puzzles uh, together, and, and you see the picture more clearly. Now, your opportunity to enhance your own knowledge and build additional skills is something that should not be undervalued. These experts have something to say, and you should listen carefully, in my opinion, and figure out how to apply the lessons in your own business. Entrepreneurs in particular, and awesomers in general, know that building knowledge is valuable. And I do want to say, and I'll probably repeat this numerous times, so get used to it, uh, knowledge is equity. Nobody can take knowledge away from you. Knowledge is valuable, and knowledge is your own personal equity. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, this is Parsimony ERP, and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your supply chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com, parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. All right, let's talk about the Awesomers Backtalk session. Now, these sessions are where we do live Q&A, where myself and maybe from time to time, I'll invite some other experts on to join me and take your questions live. Now, sometimes these sessions will be in a group mentor type of format. Uh, and sometimes they may be just one-on-one -on -one conversations about a specific question or challenge that you face. Uh, this is your chance to participate in the podcast as well as get 
real live tangible help. Uh, we really will answer questions from the audience. Uh, and for context, I want to share that my time is, is valuable. I don't say this to brag. Uh, I'm not saying uh, this uh, for any other reason except to let you know that what I do, I've done for many people, and most of those people pay me lots of money. Uh, for example, when I consult with Fortune 500 uh, level companies, it's not uncommon for me to bill more than $50,000 per day. And so this is your chance to get free advice from me. And, you know, it's it's free. So, you know, you can take it or leave it, and you can uh, get your money back at any time uh, if you don't like the advice. Now, uh, I, I do this because uh, not only the Zig Ziglar mantra, which I've shared with you, but because my core philosophy is that I love entrepreneurs. So this is one of my favorite opportunities to interact with the Awesomer community, and you'll be able to find information about our next Backtalk session um, when you're watching awesomers.com, we may announce it from time to time, but go to the website, uh, awesomers.com, look for it there, and you'll also find other Facebook announcements uh, that uh, happen from time to time as well. Okay, Awesomers, let's take a quick minute uh, so I can s share a story about one of my companies called Simul Global. And you can check out simulglobal.com to learn more about the services uh, that we offer. And by the way, we call services engagements, right? Because we don't think this is just something that that uh, we roll off a line at a restaurant. Uh, this is something that we engage with a client and try to produce a, a specific result. Often we we say that uh, we're not a consultant, we're a resultant. Now, I personally don't work in Simul Global uh, for the most part. My China team handles almost all of the business that you will see on, on simulglobal.com. Now, each of the engagements are set up to help businesses source products in China. And my team in China has decades of combined experience and has helped process well over $250 million in purchases from China uh, over the, the recent years. So it's they're, they're real and they're world class. Now, despite all the tough trade talk about tariffs and trade wars, China really is a de facto world factory to make almost anything. Uh, they have the infrastructure, they have the the support and the history and the, the supply chain. So no matter what you hear about, you know, China this and, and trade war that, uh, it really doesn't matter in the long run. There there will be some, you know, issues that come up along the way that need solving, but long term, China's not going anywhere. And the team at China uh, or the team at Simon Global could help you with sourcing products, including obtaining samples, negotiating uh, managing the actual purchase and inspection process, and all the way through to helping Amazon and e-commerce uh, companies take high-resolution photos with lifestyle settings or just with the, the basic photos. So if you're launching a product on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, your own e-commerce platform, just take a minute. Uh, check out the engagements offered at simulglobal.com. Uh, you'll be glad you did. My China team um, will... You know, they manage this company. They'll take really good care uh, of you. And it's something that we, we truly believe is there to help entrepreneurs uh, of all sizes. So we're going to go back to the program now, but thank you for taking a look at that. All right, so another episode type is what we're going to start out by calling Book of the Week. But honestly, if anybody has any more clever uh, uh, wording for this episode title, I'm all ears. I've been struggling with it and can't come up with one. So... Uh, the, the concept is that, you know, we're going to share some of the best books that we've ever read, um, some of the most meaningful ones. And by the way, 
most of them will probably be, hey, I read this. This is a great book. Here's my takeaways. You should check it out too. Fairly short episodes. But some of them are, I read this book. It sucks. Uh, here's where it's wrong, at least in our opinion. And this is why you should stay away from it. So uh, it could go either way. The, the point is, we believe that you know reading and building your knowledge, and we talked about equity uh, building uh, early on, and we talked about knowledge becoming equity for you and a, and a personal asset that's an intellectual asset is important. But you don't have to take our word for it. You know Warren Buffett, um, the the uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, founder and and uh, you know very successful guy. Everyone probably knows the name if you're listening to this. He spends somewhere between five and six hours a day reading lots of different newspapers, combing through financial documents, and he recommends that all investors do the same. And he said, uh, and this is a quote, that's how knowledge works. Uh, he recently told this to an investment class at Columbia University, by the way. It builds up like compound interest. All of you can do it, but I guarantee not many of you will do it. Now, this is Warren Buffett telling everybody one of his secrets to success is reading and building knowledge. And he, he said very clearly, it builds up like compound interest. And he's telling everyone at this Columbia University class, and he's like, everybody can do it, but I guarantee not many of you will do it. Now, that's kind of the difference between awesomers and normies right there. Those in the class at Columbia University who had the pleasure of hearing Warren Buffett speak were able to you know, carry that advice and then act upon that advice. And they are, therefore, awesomers because they're acting and they're, they're making things happen. Normies are like, wow, that was really great to see Warren Buffett. I took a selfie with him in the background. This is awesome. Now I'm going to go out and you know, go to the club or wh whatever people do. I don't, even, I don't know what they do. The point is that is a real opportunity for all of us to act and do the same types of things that somebody successful like Warren Buffett does. Uh, a lot of people may not know this, but... Uh, when Elon Musk was young, he read for 10 hours a day uh, before becoming the Tesla CEO. And this is just, again, knowledge building, equity building in that intellectual way. And by the way, uh, even today, uh, Bill Gates still reads a new book every single week. And often he posts the books that he reads on LinkedIn if you haven't uh, been looking for it. So there's a bunch of experts. And by the way, here's one more. Sheryl Sandberg, who is the COO of uh, Facebook, she recommends reading all kinds of books, not just business books. So she talks about the fact that, you know, uh, you know, books and knowledge is important, as we've already discussed. And books and knowledge are important. I think it, that's plural. Yeah, I should use are. And therefore, the most successful people tend to all ha have this one thing in common. They read. Now, if you say, I hate to read, that's fine. Don't read it. Have somebody read it to you. The Audible, Audible is a great way to uh, check that out. Uh, and we'll try to link an Audible link in our show notes. So we're going to share some of our favorite books over time and the books that specifically shaped, uh, helped shape my understanding of the world. And these books also helped expose me to new topics of interest and increase my knowledge. And I think they can do the same for you. So I'll share my own comments about the book. Sometimes I may have a guest. In fact, sometimes I'll bring the author on. Uh, but it could be um, you know, either positive comments or critical comments. Uh, the point is just to kind of share our, our view of the world and maybe expose you to something you hadn't considered. Now, you can choose to learn and improve your knowledge, or you can choose to watch another hour of TV, right? Uh, those commercials are really not equity building, by the way. 
Uh, now, I want to be clear. I love to binge Netflix from time to time like a madman, and especially to unwind at the end of a long day. But I love to learn, and I love knowledge. And I think Warren, Beff- Warren Buffett said it very clearly that you know knowledge can be equity, and nobody can ever take that away from you. And I think that's an important, important note. So another episode type is that uh, something I call an insight episode. Now, uh, Awesomer Insights are most often where I share one of my fundamental beliefs about what leads an individual towards achievement through not just self-improvement, but also learning business lessons on how to structure, build, grow, and accelerate growth in an organization to help you accomplish uh, and achieve business goals while you maintain a lifestyle that is worth living, a lifestyle that works for you. So the the concept of continuous improvement is something that people regularly talk about. In fact, in the 80s, it was a very common thing because that was Japan's secret to success and how they became so good at making cars. So continuous improvement is something people talk about, but when it gets right down to it, uh, most of us are not doing it uh, day in, day out, and very few, uh, even fewer of us probably have it as an organizational goal. And so the I like to put continuous improvement into a couple lenses. One is you should do it because it's good for you, right? That doesn't always work, right? There's so many times where we do things that aren't good for us because they feel good or they're convenient or, uh, you know, whatever the reasoning is. But the other reason, and perhaps more compelling for, for those uh, with a competitive streak, is that other people are are continuously improving. Your competition is improving, and those around you are improving that are in your field of expertise or your field of business. So by by investing in yourself, and you know, not only can you improve yourself, but you can stay ahead or at least even with your competition. And I, I just want to say that leading by an by example is a critical part of being an awesomer, right? We should be able to put our money where our mouth is. And so, you know, because I like to, you know, that I'm leading this podcast, I want to let you know that learning is a foundational element of being awesomer and staying awesomer. And we do take a different uh, tact when it comes to improvement. We don't focus on our weaknesses. We double down on our strengths. And we'll talk more about this concept in the coming days and weeks uh, and even months. But, we, you know, if, if I am terrible at math, I don't spend my days and nights beating myself into the ground about my math. If I'm great at marketing and communication, I'm going to double down on that skill. And I'm going to get somebody else on the team or somebody else to help on the parts that I'm weak at. So uh, we definitely are a focus on our strengths organization. By the way, Sheryl Sandberg at Facebook also talks about uh, Facebook becoming a strengths-based culture. And for those who are so focused on Amazon, many Amazon departments are now becoming strengths-based cultures too. And we're going to talk a lot about that because it's a core part of what I think uh, organizational development relies on. So in addition to talking about your own personal development, I'll share lessons uh, that I found uh, to be vital to create something of long-term value and that is sustainable. Uh, too often I see superb business people, creators, and other awesomers that get tempted by a quick fix, a short-term tactic, a hack. Boy, who doesn't love that word hack? And and they just want to solve all their problems as quick as they can. But almost always, not always, 
these hacks are short-term fix. They're patches. They're, they're band-aids that will get you by or help you for some short period of time, but they rarely will turn into long-term sustainable business strategies. So I have no issue with hacks. And, and uh, they, in fact, they can be helpful. And often they can be shared and recommended by me, but they're not a replacement for long-term strategy. The laws of physics and the laws of economics still apply. And therefore, long-term strategies uh, are, are what we're going to focus on for the most part. Now, uh, Awesomer Insights is about me and you know some of the, the hand-picked uh, experts that I bring on with me to share proven strategy, systems, and scale lessons. Now, in a bitter twist of irony, these lessons often resonate only after somebody decided to go against my recommendations. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, that's true. And often that means they, they learned the lesson the hard way. Only after they kind of loop back to the strategic sustainable lesson and realize, oh, that doggone Steve was right. I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have learned earlier. Now, believe me, I'm not saying this to be uh, uh, condescending or even conceited. In fact, I'm not saying it because that I'm infallible. Uh, you know, I'm definitely uh, fallible, if that's the opposite of infallible. I fail by you know, uh, regular intervals. It's just a, a common thing. I make mistakes at volume so the teams around me can learn as fast as possible. Uh, I'm definitely not perfect, not by a long shot. But I do know a few things, and I've learned some lessons. And if those lessons apply to you, I, I really do hope, in, uh, I hope that you open your mind and listen to those lessons. So often I've had extraordinary, extraordinary people and they'll hear the lesson, and I could give you some examples, and I, I will in future episodes, where you know this exact business lesson was presented, and the, the person listening just kind of uh, ignored it or, or went their own way, or maybe they felt they knew better based on their own experience. But in many cases, when they are big-time strategic lessons, they ended up coming back and going, well, uh, it turns out you were right. And I, I have no time for I told you so. I don't care about that. I just want people to be able to skip some of the painful lessons that I've learned and some of the scars that I've had along my journey. So ultimately, my mission is to share insights about all things entrepreneur from my last 30 years in business to help you accelerate your own success and ideally, ideally avoid some of that pain that I've experienced along the way. Now, the purpose of all of this is to give you breadcrumbs to make your journey easier. Okay, We cannot take the journey for you, but the best awesomers are able to take the data points, all those little breadcrumbs, and they can chart their course. They can figure out where they want to go. And your ability to apply these lessons is a key indicator of your overall potential. Right? The old uh, saying uh, you know, uh, if you feed, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man a fish, he eats for a lifetime, right? Well, that parable really does have uh, still applicability today. We want to teach you how to fish. We want to give you the the clues and the the lessons learned, and we want you to put those together and how figure out how they apply to your own life, your own business, your own awesomer journey, whatever that may be. All right, so. Uh, those are some of the episode types. So let me tell you a little bit about me. 
Uh, again, my name is Steve Simons, and I am your host. And after dropping out of college, I bought my first real business when I was still 18 years old. Uh, it was at the tail end of when I was 18. And I'm now 48, so this is where I'm, I've just entered my 30th year in business. I've raised funds from uh, venture capital, private equity, and other so-called smart money sources uh, along the way. I've done uh, a, a bunch of M&A transactions. That means mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I've done roll-ups and other mid-scale transactions. Uh, roll-ups are when you uh, buy a series of similar companies and, and put them all together. And we'll probably talk about some of these deal types in future episodes. Uh, but mid-scale transactions are you know, anywhere from you know, uh, 10 to $50 million. And I've done other smaller transactions uh, below that as well. Accumulating in you know, well over you know, $120, $130 million worth of uh, uh, deal value. Uh, I've, I've served as a CEO or chairman of the board for companies in the United States, Europe, uh, as well as China. And my first million-dollar sales day, my first sales day that was a million dollars or, or above, was in November of tw 2007. And my first $2 million day was in February of 2008. So I've been able to put some points on the board uh, in fact, I've generated uh, – well, actually, I should say my companies and, and uh, those that I have uh, strategic relationships, we have generated cumulatively uh, well over $250 million in B2C sales. That's business to consumer. And, uh, again, well, well over $500 million in B2B sales. That's business to business. Uh, and I, I should point out that those are probably just about due for an update. I figured I'm not going to update it till we – until I, I know for sure that we've passed a billion dollars of cumulative sales. So my point is that I've been around. Uh, we have experience. We've built reasonable-sized companies. We've, we've been able to move stuff. And most of this has been done in the kind of e-commerce space uh, as we've gone. So my core philosophy, again, is the world needs more entrepreneurs. Uh, the, the world is helped by entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs make stuff, they don't take stuff. And I believe the best route to starting uh, in an entrepreneurial venture is through e-commerce and then expanding from there. Okay, so just a quick maybe uh, definition of what an awesomer is. So awesomers are people from all walks of life who've decided that the status quo is not enough for them. Awesomers set their own destiny through their cumulative actions over the years. Awesomers understand the world of abundance and disregard the scarcity mindset. Awesomers are willing to take risks to impact the world in a positive way, even if those risks could lead to failure. And awesomers continue to learn and improve themselves and those around them on a regular basis. You are awesomer. Every person has the capacity to be awesomer. And awesomer is not a destination, it's a journey. So being on the awesomer road means that the word, we're making incremental steps and we're doing these things to, to break those paradigms that, that you know, equate to the status quo. That we're not satisfied with average and being adequate. Uh, we want to be awesomer. And so we choose to be on that road uh, and we do it proactively and we do it for a purpose. So I want to say... Uh, as, a, as a comparison, as a contrast, not as a judgment, uh, this is what a normie is in my own view. 
Now, normies are folks all around awesomers with good intentions, but often bad advice. They rarely understand the, the strange paths that awesomers take, and they often will try to protect the awesomers for making a big mistake. All of us have normies around us that are wonderful friends, uh, family, and we cherish them. We love them. However, we also know that the most common thing that people face, the most often the awesomer lifestyle is difficult for normies to understand or appreciate. It's not their fault. And so without judgment, we embrace our normie friends and family, but we recognize that being awesomer allows us to live the life we want to live. And therefore, it forces us to kind of think past the normie, uh, you know, norms, if you will. A normie norm, that's a new thing. So if you've ever had a, an idea, uh, or as I like to call them, a harebrained scheme, and you're like, gosh, I'm going to start this thing, and I'm going to do this thing, and everybody around you says, that's a terrible idea, this is a, a big problem, I always like to reflect that, you know, these folks are trying to do what they think is the right thing for you. They're trying to help you. It's In part, it's because they're scared that they couldn't make that choice, that they wouldn't do that thing. And that's okay. They're, they're giving you uh, their authentic, credible advice. But you just have to give yourself the permission to ignore it, frankly. And in, in many ways, you should probably give yourself the permission to stop telling them awesomer stuff because they don't understand it and they kind of look at you like you are an alien from outer space. If anybody has ever told somebody about a great business idea, a great creative concept that they have, and people around them looked at them like they were, you know, aliens, then you're, you're almost certainly in the awesomer camp. And you're, that means you're in the right place today. So we'll talk a little bit more about awesomers and normies uh, later on. Okay, so earlier I mentioned that I like to focus on three primary concepts uh, when it comes to building a business, strategy, systems, and scale. Now, this is com a common thread uh, between all of my businesses and always has been and always will be. Now, you have to come up with your own strategy, right? I, I can't tell you, you know, if you should go into, uh, you know, the food truck business or start a business on Amazon or a Shopify store or, you know, go invent something or, you know, I, I can't come up with your strategy for you. There are millions of strategies, billions of strategies, unlimited numbers of strategies. And you just got to find the one that resonates with you. And don't bother going, you know, giving a poll to a bunch of normies who tell you it's a terrible idea and that you should just stay at your job at the toll booth. I'm telling you, figure out your strategy. But when you're ready to talk systems, I want to tell you about another company I started with a partner of mine, Michael Pinkowski, called Parsimony.com. Now, I've had the good fortune to build a number of businesses, many businesses, from nothing to something reasonable. Let's say above $50 million a year in sales. Multiple times we've done this. So we know a thing or two about starting a company, building it, and scaling it. Now, a little known fact is that all big companies use something called an ERP system. Now, ERP means Enterprise Resource Planning, which uh, some accountant must have come up with this. It sounds about as exciting as watching paint dry, right? Nobody is going to burst into the, the boardroom and go, hey, great, I got a great idea, everybody. Let's ERP it. 
Uh, it just sounds uh, it sounds really lame. But I want to tell you that they, the core ERP functions that combine finance, purchasing, sales, inventory, CRM, HR, project management, all of that stuff combined in a single system, a single source of truth, that is anything but boring. All of these things together as one system that runs a company is extraordinarily exciting and empowering for any business. In every case, we relied on systems that have allowed us to be the foundation for the company, and that allows the company to scale. And as I repeat from time to time from the great Michael Gerber, uh, who wrote the, the book The E-Myth and The E-Myth Revisited, the system runs the business and the people run the system, and that is what leads to scale. That's what leads to equity in a business. Now, there are so many opportunities to sell e-commerce uh, businesses today when you've built it up and you're ready to exit, yet very few of them have a complete operating system, which ultimately lowers their valuations because the new owner has to step in and build their own systems. The new owner has to step in without really knowing what your true cost of goods sold is or what your true financial performance. So the reason we, we put parsimony together is because in the past, I've had the, you know, the wherewithal and the resources to put big software systems in, an accounting system uh, in the old days from Microsoft, and I believe we paid sixty dollars to $80,000 just to implement that system, just the implementation. Uh, one time we implemented NetSuite, and that was uh, nearly $100,000 just for the implementation and fifty dollars or $60,000 a year after that to carry on. And in fact... I just checked with the company recently. That same company, which I uh, exited from some time ago, now spends over $100,000 a year to maintain that license with NetSuite, which was purchased by Oracle. And by the way, we even programmed our own systems from scratch. And as much as all of those numbers may have sounded like a lot uh, for implementation and ongoing costs, developing yourself <laughs> can be most expensive. And we've had these solutions range in cost from a few hundred thousand on the low side uh, just to get started and then to millions in development costs over the years. So the point is almost all of this is out of reach for a typical e-commerce company, especially those that are that are less than a few years old and less than, say, 25 million in sales. So today, our vision is to bring the best combination of open source, our own vision, and lessons from the big boys to the SaaS platform and give you an ERP solution without breaking the bank. To learn more, go to parsimony.com and get the access to the same kind of tools the big guys get without having a big guy budget. This is another effort for myself and my partner, Michael, to try to empower entrepreneurs without breaking the bank. And this is a huge risk for me and uh, for him, but we believe in it and we think it's going to help entrepreneurs around the world. So check it out today. Okay, so... I want to talk a little bit about some of the defining characteristics of awesomers as compared to normies. Now, notice I didn't say versus normies. This is not a us versus them. This is just a comparison to, to contrast the different behaviors and the different mentalities. Now, I want to reiterate, normies are important and we're surrounded by them regularly. So this is not judgment. It's just a recognition of different human behaviors that lead to different perspectives and embrace the reality of those differences is my advice to you today. Don't say, oh, we're all the same. We're not all the same. 
There's differences in us. That's okay. And in fact, we are engineering those differences by learning and building skills and so on and so forth. Now, I have friends and family who are normies, and I love them dearly. I wouldn't replace them at all. Um, the portrayal of these difference, differences between Osmers and normies is not an indictment against anyone. It's just a reconciliation of why some people are different than others. And those differences lead to behaviors, and those behaviors can lead to you know, awkward conversations about what you should and shouldn't do. And so this common scenario that that creates tension between these two groups is when an awesomer is so excited about this new business concept or idea that I kind of alluded to earlier. Now we can't wait to share this breakthrough with the world. I mean, we are on we're on fire. We're we're just excited, and and we're we we want to share it with everyone who will listen. But normies are so risk adverse. They start telling you, well, now this this could be trouble, and look out for this and. And this is overall just a terrible idea. And for me, I want to share that it's vital to understand the most that most often normies are telling you this because they think they're helping you. It's true in some cases that misery loves company. Right? They want to keep you in their own uh, kind of uh, the the same ecosystem that you're in. But I don't I don't think that in general. I, I like to think overall people are good and they they're trying to protect you. So they don't get it, and they're just trying to do the right thing for you. That's, that's what I prefer to think. Now, that has little solace for you, because after a few times pitching your, lace, uh, your latest idea to a normie audience, you'll simply realize it's a waste of your time. In fact, they suck a little bit of the, the excitement away uh, oftentimes. And this is a time where entrepreneurs, awesomers, and creators find themselves feeling alone and isolated. I just... You know, think about that just for a minute. If you've ever felt alone or isolated, especially after being super excited about something, it's probably because you shared your your breakthrough idea, your concept with people who just simply weren't ready for it or they, they weren't wired to see the opportunity the same way you did. Trying to explain your latest SEO technique or supply chain breakthrough to a normie is a waste of your energy. And in fact, as I said earlier, it can drain you when you talk to people who don't get it. So try not to get drained. Awesomers need to share those stories with other awesomers because together the exchange of ideas and concepts can actually be exhilarating for both the, the person sharing the idea and the person reflecting the idea back to them. Awesomers together actually create more energy than existed before, and it can be a case of one plus one equals four. Awesomers universally want to make the world a better place. Also, awesomers want to be responsible for their own destiny. And awesomers are understanding that life is a series of decisions and will do whatever it takes to stack up good decisions over time that will lead to a life worth living. Now, we all will make mistakes along the way. That's okay. You know, we learn from those mistakes and we move on. So let's dig into some of these uh, differences. So one of the, the first monikers that I uh, bring up is the, the fact that awesomers own it and normies blame it, right? So awesomers are responsible and they will own up to their mistakes. We'll just say, hey, that was my bad. That's on me. And by the way, I'll do better next time. Sorry about that. Awesomers want to deal with whatever the worst problem they have is first. 
And when I say want, I mean they're willing to suck up the pain and deal with it. Awesomers are just like anybody else. We would love to procrastinate, but we know that whatever that worst problem is, whatever that is happening, the worst in your day, if you get that knocked out first at the very first part of your day, the rest of your day has the potential to be great. And I want to ask you guys just kind of a, a big picture question. How many times have you faced a problem in your business or even your personal life and you wanted to procrastinate? You wanted to avoid it. But intellectually, you knew it was just faster and better to deal with it right up front and just kind of get it done. Most everybody knows that's the way it should be. And awesomers own it and they own up to it. Now, normies have a tendency, uh, tendency, that is, to blame it. Instead of saying, hey, I screwed up. The report was late because I didn't get it started early enough and I didn't finish it on time. Right? That's actually why it was late. Normies will have a series of moves in the blame game, right? Uh, First, they could say, hey, I couldn't get a stable internet connection. Uh, My phone battery was low. My printer was out of paper. And uh, by the way, I couldn't connect to it anyway. I got some problem on my network. Normies will often have so many excuses that awesomers feel like we need to apologize to them. Gee, sorry, everything in your life is going so poorly. Maybe I should just do the work myself. And normies will say, no, that's okay. It's not your fault. I'm cursed. But they're only half joking. Now, awesomers will take control of their own future through actions and accountability. And awesomers want to be accountable both for their successes and their failures. Uh, After all, awesomers understand that a fail point is just a marker on the road to success. Right? And there's the old saying, uh, something, I'll paraphrase here for you, but, you know, failure is an orphan and success has a thousand fathers, right? But we, we shouldn't think of it like that. We should be accountable for whatever we do, rightly or wrongly. And there's been many times I've had to sidle up and, and take my, my beatings for doing something that could have been done better, or I failed to do something on time. Uh, again, I'm definitely not infallible. The opposite of infallible is me. Fallible. I don't even know if that's a word. All right, let's talk again about another paradigm that should be consistent, and that is awesomers do the right thing, but normies often think about it, I'm going to just act for me, what's best for me today. So awesomers will never compromise the long term for an immediate gain. So if today doing something would get you an immediate gain, great, but not if it's going to compromise somehow the long term. And too often today, I think we live in an instant gratification world. It's all about me, 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 and I want it now. This is perpetuated by social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you you know, pick your poison. So awesomers need to build a discipline and have built a discipline around the idea that there's no substitute for doing the right thing, even if nobody is looking, right? And let, let that just soak in for a minute. It doesn't matter If anybody else there is to judge whether you did the right thing or not, you are there to judge for yourself if it's the right thing to do. And I'll give you a quick story. And this is, uh, you know, way back when I was eight or nine years old. So this is, you know, pert near 40 years ago. And I got a new chest of drawers. And my parents had gone out uh, yard sale shopping or what have you. 
and I was living in Virginia on the Fort Lee military base. Uh, it's an army base. And my parents, for some reason, I don't even remember why, said, hey, you, he needs a new piece of furniture. And they grabbed one. And I don't recall how much they paid, but probably, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks. I don't know. And they brought it home. They put it in my room. And when I started putting in my clothes, I realized there's kind of a paper liner on the bottom of each drawer. And I, I don't know why that was there. I'm a kid. And so I just removed the paper and, you know, I'm like, I don't need that. And then I noticed underneath one of the sheets of paper was an envelope with hundreds of dollars in cash. And I don't remember the exacts, but as best as I can recall, somewhere between six and $700. Now, as an eight or nine-year-old, I, I didn't have any understanding or wherewithal to hatch a scheme with that money, right? That, that was not my seed money. I, I had no idea what to do with that kind of money. And they were, as, if I'm not mistaken, it was in large denominations, which you know a kid has even less understanding of. And so I just simply brought it to my parents and said, hey, I found this. And if you can, uh, you know, bear in mind that, you know, 40 years ago, six or $700, that was real money. You could buy a couple cars for that kind of money. Not new, but a couple used. Now, my parents didn't hesitate. They returned the money to the person who sold us the chest of drawers. Uh, as I recall, the person was so surprised they paid a handsome reward to my parents, which was then given to me. But that's not the point of the story. Uh, the person who sold the, the, that piece of furniture forgot all about the money. They would have never missed it. Now, my parents had uh, a, a number of kids by that point, I think uh, four or five kids, and were re living on a relatively low military salary. They could have used that money in meaningful ways, in ways that would be beneficial for you know, their, their kids, but they didn't hesitate. This story is not about me turning in the money because I was eight or nine. I was irrelevant. The fact is my parents never, never stopped for a minute to do the right thing. And that story reinforces what awesomers already know. Doing the right thing is simple. It is clear. It's indisputable. You just do it. Now, normies can fall victim to the idea that if they don't take today whatever they can get, they may never have anything. And that short-term thinking is destructive, both for the individual and for all of those around them. The irony is that most often normies can only see the big picture if, if you lay it out for them. They're too focused on that short-term thinking. And that leads them into this ironic pattern of behavior that leads them to negative results over and over. And I think one of the defining characteristics of an awesomer, not just doing the right thing, but seeing that big picture. Very, very important. Empower. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, now Awesomers, they're all about making skills. And again, we've kind of uh, talked about this a little bit earlier, but normies prefer to make excuses oftentimes. So again, note that I've, I, I'm re regularly using often and sometimes and things like that. I'm not indicting normies. I'm just saying here's some behaviors that are common between these two groups. Now, because awesomers love to learn and we make skills instead of excuses, we know that that is going to pay off for us in the long run. 
Now, if we fail at a Facebook campaign, we don't blame the idiots who didn't click on our ad or propose somehow that Mark Zuckerberg has taken a personal interest in ensuring our failure. Instead, awesomers will identify the areas that can be improved in the, the Facebook campaign and go build skills around it. Uh, perhaps we need to tighten up the copywriting. Maybe we need to test different images, maybe targeting new audiences. And hey, uh, what about trying the new Facebook dynamic content multivariant split tester? That's a mouthful. So there's lots of ways that we can get better at that type of things. Awesomers are problem solvers, you know, plain and simple. We solve problems. Now, normies will find a thousand different, way, uh, different ways the world is working against them. Sure, Facebook works well for others, but for me it didn't work because of reason one. Uh, then I got reason two over here, and don't even get me started on reason three. Believe me, you don't want to know about reason three. So the point is that, that normies will make excuses. Awesomers will go about adding skills and knowledge, which is equity in your brain. Making excuses is just plain lame. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Our next uh, kind of... Uh, Noteworthy uh, behavior difference is the Osmers, again, will focus on that big picture, which we just alluded to earlier, where normies will often put big problems instead of the big picture. And this is where they lose the focus. So Osmers want to focus on that big picture because then they can dive down to the technical, the tactical details that will be able to help them chart their path to their destination. Right? If you start with the end in mind, then it's easier to engineer your way to that end. Normies will start with the premise that obstacles are too great to overcome, so why bother? An awesomer may pontificate, to double business in the next 12 months, we need to increase our product selection, inventory levels, and our staff. And then we'll dive into brainstorming on how to execute those tactics, how to use you know, planning and, and tracking of milestones along the way to see if we're making progress towards our uh, objectives, uh, you know, on that journey. Now, a normie will explain that due to the lack of the cash flow and the fact that hiring people costs money, we cannot grow. And in fact, the best bet is to work longer and harder and hunker down for the tough times ahead. And by the way, there are times that we need to hunker down. There are times we have to be cognizant of costs. But there are so many times that there's opportunities that abound. Uh, those times in my experience, can outweigh the, the tough times. To achieve goals, it takes work, not luck. We don't find the big problems that, you know, that the news media tells us about or the politics du jour. None of that is going to factor into us. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. There's always opportunities. It doesn't matter if China's in the doghouse or the EU does this or Brexit does that. There are always opportunities, and they take work, not luck. And if we wait until the macroeconomics are all turning green and the news media says, hey, now's a good time to go forward and, and the politicians decide that we're no longer being oppressed and that they don't have to save us, that day will never come. I mean, don't hold your breath. It is simply not going to come. Okay. Another paradigm to consider. The awesomers take a, a stand and we believe in ourselves. Normies will believe in circumstances. So, Osmers know that the power of the individual is very important. In fact, we must first get our own house in order before we can help those around us, including our families, right? After all, how can our family or our company 
which is kind of like an extended family, rely on us if we're not taking care of ourselves. Over time, awesomers know that in that our individual sense of well-being is perhaps the most critical part of being able to cope with the challenges that are inevitable when building a business or simply living a life, right? And I want to highlight that word inevitable. Challenges are inevitable. They're coming. It's just how prepared are we and what do we do in the face of those challenges? That's all. Normies will explain that, you know, due to the economy uh, being slow right now, and, uh, you know, this particular market's not as good as it used to be. And uh, there's so much competition here. And uh, it's, not, it's not really a good time to be in business. And also due to the polarization in politics, you know, we should really be careful. And the stock market is super risky. And by the way, I, I heard the news last night and there's nothing but bad news on, which means now's not the right time uh, to do anything. Uh, and I'm not sure when a good time will be, right? That's a kind of a normie perspective that circumstances are in charge of our futures. Now, most often, uh, awesomers will forsake the news cycle and focus, you know, on, on something more positive. After all, the old newsroom adage, if it bleeds, it leads, is true today as it has been forever. The news media makes money off of turmoil, so why are they going to show you anything else? They're not going to show you success stories and puppies except at the very end to leave a little palate cleanser at the end of their, their news um, episode, which was largely, you know, scandal, um, tragedy, you know, problems. And then they put a little palate cleanser at the end. Now, normies have allowed society to instill this concept into them that they should stay informed. And, and yet I can say it's, it's responsible that the media is responsible for instilling that very concept of staying informed, right? So the media says you should be staying informed, and they're the ones who keep you informed. So talk about self-serving advice. Give me a break. Uh, I, I want to give you full disclosure. I have not actively watched or consumed news since 2009, and I don't miss it, honestly. And yes, I, on my phone, I'll sometimes see news articles or Apple News will pop up. And I, I'll even read some of those things, particularly if it's business-related or uh, an interest of mine, travel or the otherwise. But by and large, I don't waste a minute of my time watching that nonsense. I don't have cable. I, I couldn't watch you know, nightly news if I tried, and I don't miss it for a second. Now, does that mean I'm not informed? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I'm informed on all the things that I think are important to, to accomplishing my goals and, and uh, living my life. Now, I do follow things that are specifically related to my field of expertise, like China trade tensions. That has a direct uh, interest to me, but I'm not panicked about it. I know the way the news media will frame it and the way the politicians will frame it is that the sky is falling and I need to go you know, pray at their altar and, and hope that they tell me what to do. I, I don't believe in that for a second. I'll figure out what to do. I'll stay informed on you know, these things as they develop. And I'll react as I need to. I, I have no problem with just kind of letting all those things play out and then we just make the best decisions we can as we go. Those are problems that are being solved in a dynamic live environment. Now, because China is important to me and it's part of my businesses and the businesses rely on me, uh, I'm going to stay in, informed on that particular topic, again, as, a, as an example. And I've been trading with China since 2001 and I've been traveling there since about 2002. 
So I don't waste time on the politics. I've watched cycles come and go. You know, I've watched Asia crash. I've watched all kinds of things change. Uh, An extraordinary progress in China. So I'll stay appraised, but I just roll with the punches. I don't get whipped up into a lather about this tariff or that tariff or what this guy said or that guy said. I don't care. I'll adapt and I'll carry on with my life, and you should too. Now, I believe in my own capabilities, and I do not believe that circumstances are in control of my life. If something drastically changes, it's up to me to adapt and to change as well. That's the same goes for you. Awesomers don't waste energy on things we cannot control. Awesomers will often uh, find themselves you know, focused on that long term because we believe in our own capabilities. Normies will fret about all kinds of things over which they have zero control. They burn an awful lot of stress calories even though they have no control. It doesn't matter how much you stress about these things if you can't control it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, the, the old saying is, you know, if it, if it makes you money or makes you happy, put your time there. And if it doesn't, forget about it. All right, I'll do, do a New York uh, version of that. Forget about it. Oh, there you go. Awesomers don't care what any specific politician is doing, and we don't care which particular country is making noise about this or that. We just don't get caught up in the noise. We ignore it. Believe in yourself. Don't fall victim to circumstance. Now, abundance and scarcity. These are two very different mindsets, and I really want to encourage awesomers out there to know that abundance exists everywhere at all times. Even in a bear market, there's opportunity. When housing bit the dust in 2008, there's carnage everywhere in that uh, particular industry, yet opportunity existed. The stock, when the stock market dropped 50% around that same time period, that didn't mean everybody should suddenly sell and bury their heads in the sand, although that's what a lot of the normie reaction was. Stock market's fallen. I better get out before it goes down 100%, right? Fair enough. But over time, like virtually all cycles, markets rebounded. Normies that sold their stock during that time missed the rebound to not just the prior levels, but to all new highs. That applies, by the way, to housing. It applies to the stock market and many other cases of that cyclical kind of change. I know I might have said cyclical earlier, but I'm changing it to cyclical now. Now, there are plenty of awesomers that were caught up in that financial nightmare. And again, that was something that not any of us individually can control. But it's how we adapted that is what defines us as an awesomer, right? If you're an awesomer that got caught up with the housing crisis or the stock market or whatever, hey, that's life. You know, we couldn't predict it. I know I I definitely took a a pretty significant haircut during that time uh, and one that will never come back to me. Uh, It was a, a deal that I had sold, and I'll probably talk more about it later. But all I can do is adapt. I can't control it. Uh, scarcity is a tempting model of thinking versus abundance. So many times the persistent fear of missing out, right, also known as FOMO, fear of missing out, this is used in marketing constantly, which reinforces that false sense of scarcity, right? Buy now before Friday. Buy now before we're out of stock. Buy now before this offer expires. All of that is fake scarcity. Now, Normies will tell you that not everyone can win. In fact, they will tell you that in order for there to be winners, there has to be losers. But that's not necessarily true. It's, it's all just about the degree 
of the the journey that you're on, right? If you say, hey, I need to be the richest person on the planet, you got a tough road ahead of you, right? You got some guys, uh, maybe they're on ahead of you already in terms of the scoreboard. Zuckerberg now pulling away from the field. Or no, no, I think it's Bezos who's at the top, number one richest guy, and pulling away. Uh, where Gates owned that uh, list and, and went back and forth with Buffett for a number of years, probably maybe decades. So, you know, if, if that's your if you're saying that's my goal, I have to be the richest person in the world. There there is some scarcity to being number one. There's after all only one of those. But if you say I want to have enough wealth to live a, a a nice lifestyle and live a lifestyle of freedom, or you know, however you define whatever your financial goals are, there's plenty of opportunity for that. There, that's limitless. There's no end to that. So if you if you build something that has value, you will always have something that is in demand, right? The conflict comes when people simply try to copy something someone else has done, which delivers no value. And unless there is some noteworthy iteration on the product or service that you're kind of uh, modeling after, then no value is added. Therefore, you're vulnerable to another copycat. And that's the story of China. We'll talk more about uh, in future episodes how China is failing to take advantage of their scale because they simply want to copy instead of innovate. Now, I will give you some other examples of where China is out innovating everybody else. Uh, For example, WeChat, which is extraordinary, uh, both in terms of its uh, innovation and technological development and, and probably a little scary in terms of Big Brother. But that's that, we'll talk about that more in depth. So the point is China has both sides of that coin. Uh, we're just going to copy stuff and make it as easy as we can and rip off other people's intellectual property. That's not good and not sustainable forever. And then there's the other side of they're making cooler stuff than anybody else on the planet. And that's where awesomers live. There is so much abundance in this world. We're not limited in our sense of joy, happiness, or love, right? Can you imagine there being a limit? Sorry, I reached the end of my joy for today. You'll have to hit me again tomorrow, and I'll feel some joy then, right? Not a chance. Joy is unlimited. Happiness, unlimited. Love, unlimited. And we should not scale back our vision about other types of things, financial or otherwise, that are self-imposed limitations. Awesomers embrace abundance, Normies will tell you again and again, if you have something, that means you took it from someone else. And they're describing scam artists. They're describing con men. They're not describing awesomers, right? What awesomers create in this abundance lifestyle is not something they took from somewhere else. It's something they created, added value, and received something in exchange for that value. That's the awesomer way. Now, earlier I talked to you about setting your own strategy and then thinking about how Parsimony.com, the ERP system, can help you with the systems. But now I want to share my vision for the Empower e-commerce cooperative because I think it will help you address the scale part of your equation. Now, first of all, I want to explain that Empower is a nonprofit member-owned cooperative. Nonprofit member-owned. So each equity member has one share of voting stock, no matter what size the company is. So one share, one vote, no matter how big the company is. So if you're a million-dollar empowering member or a $50 million empowering member, you still get one vote. Now, the magic of empowering is all about the power of the group. 
Together, the members can leverage their collective size and strengths to help def- drive their financial uh, goals and specifically drive better financial terms with vendors of all types. Now, what I love most about Empower is the team that is there every day working for members. So every member has a tiny amount monthly that they pay to have access to this extraordinarily talented and experienced team to help them advance their business. Without question, this is a reason why uh, companies should join Empower immediately, to get the power of that team. It's almost like having your own corporate office you know, where you can call the team and go, hey, do we have a deal on this? Or do we have access to something that solves this problem? You've got a whole team at your fingertips for a tiny amount of money per month. It's like share, cost sharing, uh, fractional sharing, uh, this team. Now, even beyond this is the, the idea that there are discounts available at negotiated uh, rates from Empowery with, with aligned vendors. There are even additional perks something we call the perk pack, and there are even cash back that Empowery has uh, bargained for for each of its members that allow each and every member to earn an unlimited amount of cash back each year that could dwarf the monthly cost of their membership, right? The, 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 the fundamental part of about a member-owned co-op is that when you use the resources, when you drive kind of your 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 cost centers for things that you already need for your business, whether it's shipping, 3PL, package design, you know, import-export help, um, you know, printing, marketing help, services, et cetera, et cetera. All these things are things your business already needs. If you can get a little bit of a discount up front, uh, we call it a beat-the-street price, and you get cash back on the back end plus a couple, you know, uh, uh, you know perks along the way – why not? And, and in the experience that I've had, co-op members who really utilize the services end up getting more back every year than they put in. So it's almost like the, it pays them to be a member. Now, again, the magic of the co-op is when members use the products and services, they can actually have money come in that is beyond what their monthly cost is. And at the end of the year, they get a big fat cash back check based on what their, their patronage was through the, the co-op. So just let that sink in for a second. It, it's almost like members are paid to stay in the group because they split up all the accrued cash back based on their individual purchase volume. So if you purchase a you know, million dollars from somebody and another guy purchases $100 from somebody, the guy who buys the most gets the most cash back. It's, it's very simple, and it's very logical, and it's quite democratic for that matter. Now, this is the first ever e-commerce cooperative, as far as I can tell. And it is something special. Uh, I teamed up with some of the brightest minds in the co-op field, uh, guys like Evan Hackle and Barth Jetto, um, and the, the team, Ed Carr, Melissa Simonson, Spencer Hughes, and so many others are working on this day in and day out. I highly encourage you to check it out today at Empowery.com. That's Empowery.com. Now, awesomers... Awesomers embrace revelry. Normies often get tied up with regret. And, and kind of my point is, what's the point of endless days of working without some fun? Now, in fact, we love to have fun when we're working. Uh, William Penn once said, time is what we want most, but what we use worst. Take that in for a minute. Time is what we want most, 
but what we use worst. Awesomers will find ways to celebrate victories from time to time, whether uh, personal victories or company victories, and then we'll get back to it, right? It's not like we hit one milestone and we take a victory lap and then we go retire. Uh, you know, we're, we're serious uh, when we need to be, but having fun while you work and, and focusing on some revelry from time to time is a really important part of, of being happy and feel, feeling fulfilled, the point is any of us can take the approach to business that it's more fun and it's more lighthearted if we choose to take that. When we wake up and it feels like hell on earth to go to our job or to do whatever it is we have to do that day, that's a clear indicator something is not right. The key here is to isolate the issue or issues and resolve them. There's no reason to stay in a rut, none whatsoever. And I, I've repeated this quote often and often. Uh, I love it. Uh, the great Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going, right? Why stop? And I, I just, I can't say enough uh, that the, the concept of having fun and enjoying yourself is so much more important than, than building up regrets. Just enjoy it. Um, Normies will often spend time regretting decisions they could have made or should have made. And normies will regret decisions that they even did make. But the decision was not as cool as they thought, so now they choose to regret it instead of just making a change and tweaking. Now, change can be scary to anybody, including awesomers and normies alike. But it's my experience that change is constant and unavoidable. And therefore, we should just get good at it. And we should get to it, right? Finding ways to enjoy the journey is a sign of being on that awesomer road for sure, right? It does not mean that every waking moment is a pleasure to behold, right? All of us will find struggles in our business and personal lives. Uh, it just means that awesomers remember to take stock from time to time and appreciate what we have. And we try to engineer ways to increase the good and minimize the not so good. Right, Just taking time to appreciate what we have instead of regretting what we don't have is, is a, a good lead into our next topic. Remember that there's nobody I can ever imagine who's, who's laying on their deathbed and all their families gathered around and, and they, they kind of motion over for the, you know, push the, the grandchild over and it's little Timmy and you know, the, the grandmother doesn't look down at Timmy and say, Timmy, what's my ranking on Google today, right? That, that's not important, right, at the end of the day. These are important for our day-to-day -day business. That's fine. But in our life, take some time and enjoy it. Revelry is important. On your deathbed, you don't care what your search position is. You don't care what sales were yesterday. You don't really care about that stuff. It's okay to, you know to appreciate what you've been able to build, and it's so important to, to focus on what you have versus what you don't have. And that takes us exactly to the next paradigm that we think is a big behavioral difference. And this is all about focus. Awesomers believe that we can have everything that we want to have, and normies believe that you know what they don't have, they should get. And, and so I want to say that, you know, we all can have whatever we want to have. This is, this is not a us versus them. And 
Normies believe that most everyone is going to be a have-not, except the upper echelon of society. And only, you know, us minions down here at the low level can only dream about that upper echelon of society. But this concept is not about having material things, not specifically just material things. It's about having skills, having experience, uh, having knowledge, having freedom, having the time to spend with our kids, our family, our friends. That's something that awesomers cherish. That's a big have. Awesomers must have gratitude and take inventory of what we have on a regular basis and appreciate it, proactively appreciate it. I think in many ways, awesomers are are also wired to uh, to find themselves uh, depressed or you know not feeling super excited, and the fastest way out of that is to appreciate what we have. Normies are frustrated or even mad about what they don't have. And I remember somebody, I don't remember who said this, so I apologize if it's some famous person, but they said the formula for happiness is something like happiness equals what we have minus what we wish we had. Right, and so if we just stop wishing we had stuff that we don't have, we'll just be happy. And and again, I know that's breaking it down. It's not quite that simple, but the more we focus on the the happiness and the the gratitude side of the equation, on all the things we have, including the intangibles I just mentioned, the freedom, the knowledge, the experience, the skills, which all of which can lead to emotional equity, and nobody can take away uh, that from you. You'll never lose that. That memory, that, that moment of joy, that doesn't go away. Let's appreciate those. Now, through the journey of continuous improvement, we can achieve uh, the, and, and accomplish things in the traditional scorekeeping that society tells us is that it is important, like creating wealth and tangible assets, right? Um, you have to define for yourself what those objectives are. Uh, I know plenty of awesomers that are like, hey, I make, you know, you know, $3,000 a month and I live a freedom lifestyle. I have the perfect life. I wouldn't change a thing and I'm I'm living the dream. And I know other awesomers who are like I'm building an empire. I have to have a billion, you know, in net worth by X date. Both of those can be awesomers. But it's not purely a financial consideration. There is not a benchmark of finance that says you're awesomer or not awesomer. I want to be clear about that. So the key is that awesomers do not take the granted the chance uh, take for granted the chance to learn, and awesomers will appreciate what we have. Fundamentally, again, this is not about material things. This is about the big picture of what we have: our knowledge, our freedom, our energy, our our just our intellectual ability to say we can do better, and then make a plan and do better. That's really important. Okay, so uh, the, the idea of makers and takers. So awesomers decide when they want something, they're going to just go engineer the outcome so they can achieve that objective, right? So they say, I uh, want to have a little bit more freedom, so that means I don't want to work a 40-hour uh, job, or I don't mind working the 40 hours, but I want to do that whatever time is. Maybe it's 60 hours, but I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm going to do three days, you know, a week times, you know, 20 hours and boom, I got my 60 in and now I'm going to relax the rest of the week. However you decide what you want to do, 
just engineer the outcome that you want. We don't spend time trying to figure out how to get something that somebody else already has. Um, in other words, taking it from them. We may want to emulate something that we see, but we're not going to go take something from somebody. We're going to make our own destiny. We're going to make our own future. And normies will often find a way to take what they want without regard for consequences to others. Now, fundamentally, a maker is a creator, right? Awesomers are creators. We can create anything. Uh, the key is that something new is generated from an idea, and that something new adds value to the world. It doesn't take away value from the world. So let me say again that awesomers are there to create something that adds value. Uh, you know, awesomers want to develop something that will be new and innovative and unique. And when it adds value to the world, instead of taking away value from the world, they know they've achieved something and they will reap the rewards that are based on that. Normies can sometimes get focused on what others will give them instead of what they can build for themselves. And that behavior is based in scarcity that we talked about earlier. Now we're coming down to it. Awesomers fundamentally want to earn, and normies often feel entitled. So awesomers are willing to earn their way, period. You know, hard stop. We're willing to earn our way. Awesomers are not waiting for external factors to deliver their dreams. They're willing to work and even sacrifice when necessary, but not forever, to achieve long-term goals. Now, awesomers understand that although sacrifice can be an important part of the short-term requirement, that long-term, that may not be a life that you want to carve out, that is just constantly built on sacrifice. And I'll tell stories in the future, no doubt, where I sacrifice for long periods of time with little or no uh, results to show for it. Uh, now, normies will often, again, get caught up in news cycles like we talked about earlier, wishing what they can have instead of focusing, acting, and earning, right? Wishing is not the same thing as making a plan, right? What we want versus what we need are always different things. Normies want a lot of things and need very few. Awesomers are satisfied with whatever they have or should be, and whatever we, wanna, whatever we want in the future, we're going to build a way to earn it. Now, I want to reiterate what I... I referred to earlier about politicians. It doesn't matter what they tell you. They're not going to give you anything worth having. All the entitlements that they've helped build and this mentality around entitlements, it's not helpful for anyone, least of all the people who are getting the entitlements. It takes away their empowerment. It takes away their ability to, to be creative and, and solve problems. Right? If you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to give you a hand up instead of a hand out, and then you say, oh, if you get the job at McDonald's, I'm cutting you off welfare, how does that help them, right? The welfare concept itself is fine, but not if it's a, a, a cycle that keeps you locked in. Politicians design it like that because they want to have a political base that they can count on. I don't care about politics, right? So let's not get caught up in it, but let's just know that even the people that are taking advantage of entitlements, and, and maybe they need those entitlements just to get by, it's not helping them long term. Entrepreneurs want to focus on helping people, including themselves and their families, their companies, earn and create, not just stand back and put the hand out, uh, you know, saying, gimme, gimme. 
Now, it doesn't also matter what the, uh, the talking heads on the news will tell you. They want you to be scared. They don't want you to be empowered. They want to get better ratings. Again, telling you the sky is falling, you know, falling rather than the opportunity to create a better life and tune out their nightly nonsense. Awesomers earn everything that they create. Therefore, they get to be proud of what they accumulate and achieve. Right? Uh, there's all these people uh, constantly talking about, you know, uh, who needs to pay their fair share and, you know, why this, uh, you know, 1% or this or that. It's like, stop, stop comparing yourself to others. Stop falling into this trap of because that guy has something or that gal has something means I can't have it. All of that is just to pit people against one another, and it's absolutely uh, not helpful for anyone. Focus on what you can earn. Uh, earning is kind of a product of work and a product of creative and processes and a product of innovation. That's what earning is. Entitlement is where you're just waiting for somebody to come up and go, hey, great job. There, there's some money. I'll be back tomorrow to give you some more. Uh, that's never going to work, and it's never Never sustainable. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Okay, my friends, I know this has been going a long time, but this is uh, our very first episode, and I want to make sure that we get it right. So this this summary, again, uh, about the different paradigms that awesomers find themselves in uh, and trying to behave in these ways compared to normies that will behave in different ways. These are about differences, and, and I love normies, and normies are vital to be in this world. So don't scoff at them, and don't uh, judge them or, or feel like you're somehow superior to them. Just know that there's differences. Like, I don't, I don't care how somebody acts. I just want to know how they're going to act and behave. And then I'll interact with them in whatever way makes the most sense. It doesn't, I don't have any vested interest in, in, you know, feeling superior to one person or another. In fact, I don't. Most often, awesomers will have humility and they will, you know, have the, the uh, modesty to understand that, you know, we're just all on this journey, uh, this big marble floating through space together, just doing the best we can. But I do think that behavioral differences are critical to understand because they can have a direct influence on, on how you um, act and behave in, in your business and in your life. Again, the, the common scenario, if you pitch a brilliant, awesome idea to normies, you're going to get a bunch of reasons why that's a terrible idea. And I, I would just take those with a grain of salt. That's my point. Now, before we close up, I want to share uh, one more uh, business that I uh, am promoting today. And this is my mastermind. Uh, the Catalyst 88 Mastermind is a group of brilliant, extraordinary entrepreneurs uh, that are mostly focused on uh, the Amazon cornerstone business of e-commerce. This means that they have uh, found their way to selling products on Amazon. Uh, nearly, well, I think mostly all are focused on their own uh, brand of products. So this is someone who's decided I'm going to make not just my own uh, online store, I'm going to make my own brand. 
and I'm going to sell it most often starting with that Amazon Marketplace as a cornerstone. And these these overachiever, brilliant people have really been able to put some things together that are, are so extraordinary, and I'm honored to rub shoulders with them. They're really, really smart. Now, during the course of the Catalyst 88 Mastermind, there are events that come up. There's Facebook groups. There are live calls and other things that, that we hope adds value to each Catalyst 88 member. We've done all kinds of things over time, including introducing them to uh, insurance resources, uh, legal resources, uh, tools and uh you know, service providers that are advocates for e-commerce entrepreneurs. We talk about sales tax in the e-commerce um, world in an in-depth way. We, we share insider access to, you know, different marketplace channels that we have at eBay and Wish and Amazon and, and others. We share best practices. We try to help solve each other's problems. And really, it's, it's almost like a, a virtual board of advisors. Not only do you get myself and, and many of my high-level resources, you get each other, right? The members get each other. And these members are truly um, subscribing to that Zig Ziglar mentality that you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. That's really the foundation of Catalyst 88, that... If, if you start out with saying, how can I help the other people in the room, then everybody will win. And anybody who shows up to the room and starts out with, uh, you know, what, what is everybody in this room going to give to me? They should have never got in the room, to be honest. And every member of Catalyst 88 is vetted, and uh, we go through a very specific process to kind of talk through, you know, how the Catalyst 88 membership works, what they should expect, what they do expect. And what we expect. And then we see if there's a, a good fit. So you can go to Catalyst88.com. You can check out some of the past uh, events. And we've done uh, both formal mastermind meetings and what we call informal mastermind meetings, which are just random gatherings all around the world. Um, uh, Seattle, London, uh, Roatan, China. We've met in many, many places. Um, and we just we just have a great time. These are people that I highly respect and that are really, really great. So go check out Catalyst88.com today, and you can see what a high-level, exclusive mastermind looks like. And even if you're not ready to join, I think it'll be instructive and helpful for you to see that you know the best and the brightest really should be all about pushing their envelope and investing in themselves. And if you're ready for that, uh, check us out today. Well, everybody... This has been a long show, I understand. As the first show, I really wanted to give a broad overview of my philosophy about awesomers, uh, tell you a little bit about some of the behavioral paradigms that, that I believe in, uh, certainly as compared to normies. Uh, the show notes are available at awesomers.com backslash one. This is the very first episode, and we truly believe in this mission to try to bring you know, knowledge, and we're going to cover all kinds of topics I'm going to rant about things that are important to me. I'm going to encourage you guys to join us for the talkback sessions, uh, or we, uh, we may call them backtalk sessions, and, and get your own agenda uh, shared with the community as well. And if you really believe in the, the, the stuff that we've talked about and, and you can see you know, the, the road to being awesomer, then go ahead and subscribe, share it with your friends, encourage them to subscribe, and you know, we really will track those milestones. 
in six months, if we have 6,000 subscribers, we'll carry on. And if we don't, we'll, uh, we'll play that by ear and see what happens at that time. But the key is we're committing to you 180 days of free content with no obligation, no pressure. You can listen to it at your leisure without anything in return. Again, we're hoping that you'll share this and tell a friend. We're hoping that you'll support our sponsors. Uh, and we're hoping that we can count on you to you know, uh, leave a review and inter interact with the show. But at the end of the day, we, we expect nothing. We just hope we can earn your trust. We hope that we can be an influence for positive things and not negative things. And fundamentally, we hope we can empower you to live the life that you want to live. I thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate every bit of time that you put into this. Uh, I truly do love entrepreneurs. I know you can be awesomer. And if you're on that awesomer road today, I welcome you, I embrace you, and I'm here to help you. My name is Steve Simonson, and I am at your service. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.